Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Okay, we'll go in three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we've got a quick turnaround visit from Sam Arnold because he's come up with two issues that are timely, and we're going to hit those. And before we join Sam here on the Noble Gold Studios, I need to let you know that's who our sponsor is. And listen to me. Listen, please, please. Fed Live is, Fed Live is active. It's active right now. And it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. The FedCoin, the FedLive, the debt payment, that's all great. It's just a lead-in. It's getting you hooked into CBDC. And you don't want to be in this system when CBDC comes. You will absolutely lose everything. And you'll end up being homeless if you are, uh, let's put it this way, in compliance. And it gives them total control over you, what you say, what you think. So here's the bottom line. Noble Gold can rescue your retirement, get it out of their CBD system that will be rolled in in five phases. Uh, you'll control the IRA, 401K, whatever the retirement is, and it will be backed by gold. And you say, well, are they any good at it? Well, let me say this. I have been an advertiser for Noble Gold for six years. I've been a customer for five. So the answer is yes. And then the second thing I would say is they can also protect your bank account. And you need to make uh, efforts right now just to leave a token amount in your account and extricate your money because the Dodd-Frank Law of 2010, all part of the CBDC pot, uh, it is basically giving control of your bank account to the bank's you're declared to be an unsecured creditor, and they can grab your money anytime they want. Noble Gold can help with that as well, too. Um, I, I don't want you to feel any pressure. In fact, Noble Gold doesn't either. They have the most passive approach for their uh, marketing. And so what we want to do is I'll send you a free information packet. That's all it is. No obligation. No one's going to bug you. Free information packet. And what will happen is you'll just fill out a short form, take five seconds, and automatically trigger back here a prospectus that shows you what we do in detail. And then you can call the number there to get started. It's that simple. And I don't recommend you wait very long because the CBDC unveiling process has officially begun as of yesterday. Uh, excuse me, as of last week. Pardon me. And uh, it's already here, folks. So what was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. Now, the government's going to make me give you this disclaimer. Shame they didn't do it with FTX that all investments carry some risk and past performance cannot be indicative of future performance. And we agree with giving that warning. It's a, a ethical thing to do, and it's true with everything. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, it's a little selective sometimes on how the requirements applied. But we are in um, abeyance to this regulation. I'll just say this. I've been a customer for five years. So go to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com. And uh, I'll rush you that out as quickly as possible. Well, our guest, as I said, is Sam Arnold. And we're going to be talking about two important developments. One is the UPS strike. And I know the mechanics pretty well of what Sam is going to tell us because we had a pre-air discussion about it. But I have some things that Sam hasn't heard me say uh, in response to this. And uh, I want you all to listen to both things Sam and I are saying and then make decisions for yourself accordingly. In addition, we also have uh, trouble brewing in Ecuador. And there's only a few nations in Latin America right now that are friendly to the United States. 
and want to do business with America. Ecuador is one of them, and their very existence in the present format, being a U.S.-friendly country, is in grave danger right now. We've lost Brazil. Will Ecuador be next? And you all know what nation is behind this. Sam, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. Hi, Dave. God bless you and your audience. Thanks for having me back again. We're going to have a lot of fun today. These are critical issues. This is the Red Dawn that you've so long talked about, and I, I really look forward to informing your audience as to where it's at right now in 2023. Yeah. Sam, is there any way you can give just a little boost to your audio? Yes, sir. Okay. I think I think that is good. Um, okay. But let's see. Okay, go ahead. Just give me a sound check real quick. We were okay. All right. One, two, three. We're direct and live on air. Yeah, just stay close to the mic, and I think we're going to be fine. All right. Sam, let's start with UPS, because this potentially affects nearly every American in one form or another. So what's going on, and why should we be concerned? Okay, the the big takeaway, the, the big news out of UPS is that there is scuttlebutt. There is rumor that this is a hostile takeover, perhaps involving foreign powers. Because UPS is such a mission-critical company for the USA, and we'll talk a little bit about how it's totally replaceable. FedEx cannot replace it. Amazon cannot replace it. All VA medicines and VA food packages from the United States Veterans Administration go by UPS, and a lot of that is time-critical, temperature-critical shipments. So there's nobody else that can pick up that slack. And so this is a major attack. And when we look at South America, we are looking at attacks that have been successful in other nations. I'd just like to remind the audience that while Trump is being repeatedly indicted and that he has turned himself in and gone in and gotten fingerprinted and really uh, surrendered himself into government custody in a secure government facility two different times, we need to remember that there are two Latin American ex-presidents that have been indicted, tried, and jailed. The Christian ex-president of of uh, Honduras, which is Juan Orlando Hernandez, and the Christian ex-president of Bolivia, Janina Añez Chavez, was just this week sentenced to 10 years in prison for the same sedition and treason that's going after J6 protesters and after President Trump himself. So when we talk about the attacks that have been successful by foreign powers against other nations and smaller nations, understand that that was, that was Glass Joe. Those were the testing opponents as, they, as foreign powers come to take down the United States of America. So it's very, very serious what's happening in these attacks against Trump and against UPS. And that is the big rumor within the company is that there is a foreign power that's trying to buy up stocks or a, a government-backed conspiracy. And rumors vary as to who's behind it. But nevertheless, to take down this singular and unique pillar of the American economy, it would be devastating for the USA in, in the event of even a strike. But there's an intent to take down the whole company. Six percent of our GDP is in transit with UPS every day. That's shocking. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Now, uh, in the past, we would expect a U.S. president to move to protect critical infrastructure, and the way you have described the irreplaceability of UPS, it's irreplaceable infrastructure. It, what is Biden and his administration doing to protect UPS? Well, Sean O'Grady, Sean O'Brien, excuse me, is the head of the Teamsters, and he took over for Jimmy Hoffa Jr., who has been the head of the Teamsters through all these decades, uh, pretty much since his, his pops disappeared. And he has asked the White House not to intervene in the event of a strike. And while this is being represented in the media as uh, capitalism versus, you know, left versus right, with the Teamsters on the left and uh, the government coming in to protect protect critical infrastructure and bust a strike. There's much more to the issue than that. First of all, UPS is only unionized because the founder, Jim Casey, who was a genius, and this goes all the way back to 1907, 
a lot of people compare Jim Casey to great icons of industry like Henry Ford, that he was a genius and an innovator uh, way beyond the time that he lived in. And before World War II, there came a point where Jim Casey went and sought out the Teamsters. And so this wasn't a, a case like so many other labor movements where the communists moved in because communism and labor movements have always been uh, joined at the hip. And so many other companies, there's been uh, unionization has forced its way in. Other companies like Walmart have buttressed their own uh, structure to prevent unionization because it would ruin their model. Of course, that would also include Amazon and Federal Express. Federal Express is not unionized because it is a patchwork of many companies and it's really stitched together. It's really gerrymandered together just to get around legal mandates for unionization. And so if, you know, the pendulum has kind of in America swung too far where once again, how many times has it come out in the news that Amazon employees are fainting on duty, falling asleep on their feet, that their bathroom breaks are timed, that every aspect of their working day is is micromanaged and that they are uh, video recorded from multiple angles. The the uh, oppression of Amazon workers and how they work long hours and are paid peanuts has been a recurring theme in the news, especially since the COVID surge, which which took up any slack that might have been in Amazon. So back to my original point, those companies, Walmart, Amazon, and FedEx, have resisted unionization through really uh, corrupt means. And UPS intentionally unionized on purpose many years ago because Jim Casey knew that only the Teamsters could solve the problem that he brought to the table. Consequently, the drivers are paid more than the people that manage them many times. So, uh, did you want to comment on that before I move on to the the stock issues? Uh, What's... Okay, so we're we're talking the problem is is a strike, correct? A strike is what's on the horizon, and it's being provoked. It's being provoked. In the last meeting, uh, each side says the other side walked out. So the Teamsters say UPS walked out, and UPS said the Teamsters walked out. This was their last attempt. And and everybody knew what was riding on that meeting. It was whether they were going to move ahead with a strike or not. The last strike was circa 1987. I might be off by a year. And it damaged the company badly. In fact, the reason that FedEx exists as a parcel carrier is because of that strike from which some say UPS did not recover until COVID. So you're talking 30 years down the road, more than 30 years down the road, the company had not fully recovered from that strike. And that's the only reason that FedEx has some capacity to take up slack that UPS would normally would normally uh, bear is because of that strike. So, yes, there, there's this threat. It would be so damaging to the U.S. economy if it happened. And what I want the audience to know is that there are buy-ups of UPS stock. In the 1990s, when a privately held company as big as UPS was a, a massive rarity, this is after... I don't remember what the uh, movie was with uh, Martin Sheen and his father. Uh, both of them were in it. And it was about hostile takeovers of corporations. All that was happening in the 80s and then into the 90s. And here's this huge company that was privately held. Well, when UPS made their IPO in 1998, they, had, they established Class A and Class B stock. And the Class A stock cannot be bought. It's only awarded. And so when the IPO was made at UPS, the UPS employees were made partners. They really built up. And other companies like Walmart have tried to emulate this uh, more in a more miserly fashion, of course. But the only people that hold Class A stock 
are UPS employees. And that stock votes 10 votes, whereas Class B stock votes one vote. And this is the only reason that a strike has not been provoked and the company just scuttled is because the employees own so much of it. Okay, so this is preventing a strike at the moment because the employees don't want to strike? It has prevented a strike thus far because the employees want the company to do well. Employees at all levels. Mm -hmm. Not all the employees are Teamsters. Only the drivers are Teamsters, I believe. That may be a little oversimplified. But that's how UPS has resisted the very hostile takeovers that uh, that now threaten the company. Wow. That's all i got to say is, wow, this is absolutely a phenomenal development here that I just never anticipated happening to UPS. What makes them so irreplaceable? Was that by design? We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. And so you dare don't mess with us? Not necessarily. Uh, if the government took over UPS, then it would turn into USPS, the Postal Service, which since definitely since Obama and really in, in some aspects before that, was an affirmative action clearinghouse. It used to be, before the turn of the century, that that was the only part of the U.S. government that turned a profit was the United States Postal Service. And then it started to be used for not only affirmative action, but moving forward just every Democrat talking point. And so it went into the red and has been unprofitable and unreliable. It has gotten less reliable and, and, and less functional Today, and of course, the mail is also very subject to surveillance. It's become a surveillance arm of the uh, big brother kleptocracy. It finally came out in the news after they'd been doing it forever that every letter was photographed, the front and the back, and kept in a database forever that was searchable. 
And finally, the court decision, or, or at least the policy of the USPS came out publicly. There is no expectation of privacy for the outside of a letter. Well, that's not really true because there's an expectation of privacy that nobody else looks in your mailbox. That's still a federal crime mm -hmm. to go open up somebody's mailbox and put something in there or take something out. And so the, the privacy and the ability to conduct commerce that the, the government established the Postal Service to protect, it itself has invaded. And so that's very, very dangerous. And if they took over UPS, it would be exactly the same way. Heck, the U.S. military is being used to push men wearing red high heels and gender confusion and other things. So UPS is just the only man standing, and it's only standing because of the genius of Jim Casey and the Casey family and this, what is this alliance now, uh, getting close to 100 years old with the Teamsters. And listen, I'm not a big fan of the Teamsters. I think George Washington should have leveled Boston when, when he had his cannons <laughs> on a promontory point. Uh, in the Revolutionary War, because it has been a loyalist stronghold, and it's been a stronghold of uh, the great horror of Catholicism. This is where the biggest pedophile case that Spotlight reported on broke out, was in the Archdiocese of Boston. So I don't really like that. I, I, I bring this up because Sean O'Brien, in his public statement about the White House, said, when I was a kid on the streets of Boston, if you saw an argument or a fight, that you weren't a party to, you just kept on walking. And so that was his example why he told the White House to uh, to not try to muscle in in the event of a strike, that this was between the labor and the management. Hmm. Is the UAW involved in this? Uh, I don't know exactly the connections between the Teamsters and the UAW, but the, the Teamsters has always been primarily a driver's union, and I think you're going to find probably some ties, and you'll find a lot of differences if, if you dig into that question. It's a really good question. Well, here's why I asked the question, Sam. The UAW has cut off donation political funding for Biden because of his obsession with electric vehicles and what it's going to do to the industry. And so I'm just wondering where the UAW came into this, since I don't know if they have any part to do with UPS or even FedEx with transportation. Okay. I don't know that this is going to answer your question, but it's an interesting fact that is related. UPS makes their own trucks. That's how big there, this company is. There we go. Is. There we go right there. That's and if you look... Yes, if you look at a UPS vehicle, there's no other vehicle like that vehicle. It is their own brand. They control them from their from cradle to grave, from when those vehicles are built, when they go through their service, the maintenance, it's all UPS. And then when they uh, are retired, then they use their own parts and they scrap their own vehicles. They're never sold. You'll never see a UPS truck in it, a U-Haul fleet or a private fleet or as a food truck someplace. You'll never see it because they make their own vehicles. And I'll tell you what, with their vehicles and with their aircraft, they have a lot of aircraft and move a lot of things by air. Uh, they know they can't go electric. They know that. They have to know that. And so an agenda that's going to remove combustion engines and, and restrict transit, I think that they know that it will eventually be their neck on the chopping block also. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I suppose I would say this now in response. I can see the connection now. The Biden administration's purposely staying out of it. Why do I smell China? Who's got all the money? Some would say they're Juden. The Jews have all the yeah. money. You know, I actually got hate mail uh, from our last broadcast. Somebody says, Sam, you really need to look into the Jewish conspiracy to rule the world. I, I started broadcasting 
to deflate the artificial Jewish conspiracy. Yeah, I, hear you. I, I know Jews that don't even know what the New World Order is. Right. It was a pillar of Hitler's doctrine. Yeah, exactly. The Jews are behind everything. And I fight that. So, you know, if anybody wants to have a discussion about it, I, I'm open. But my position is, is clear that Rome is the heart of the global conspiracy. And it'll be the first city to get nuked. Everybody can just watch and see what William Branham said. It won't be New York. But, Many of uh, my sources are saying exactly the same thing, Sam. I really enjoyed your conversations, both with Sarah Westall and with Mike Adams, and you addressed the Jesuit factor, yes. and you brought that out, and you said, uh, I'm getting this from so many angles that I have to, I have to take it under advisement, and, and this is the fact. You know, there's a great book out called Jesuits. Jack Chick published it, and right in this book talks about the FEMA camps and the government overreach. That's happening today, and this book is maybe 20 years old. It's just a comic book. It's kind of the final book in the Alberto series. Alberto Rivera was a Jesuit priest that escaped from the Catholic Church, was miraculously healed, made his escape from Spain through England to the United States. There were many assassination attempts against him. Finally, one of them was successful, and he's buried in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I really feel like uh, like I am the inheritor of Alberto Rivera's ministry. The very same year that he died, I went into foreign missions in Mexico in 1997. And so if someone's really interested in learning how the Catholic Church has, has by intrigue, affected world events again and again across the centuries, and that it's the very worst now... Where does anyone think that the $1 trillion in interest that the U.S. government actually pays on our national debt every year goes? It goes into those coffers, and this is how the Vatican affects nations around the world. That's $1,000 billion every year that they get, I would say, tax-free. That's how the dog gets wagged. And the last pope will be the Antichrist. If you're a Christian, the founder of your denomination believed this. Interesting. Uh, you've got Paul Preston, good friend of mine, Gen 21 Radio, president of the New California Movement. He has been talking to me about Jesuits for years. They're behind the uh, demise of California. So, uh, and this is not meant to be anti-Catholic people. You can be true to your faith and love Jesus, but still have corrupt clergy. Well, there's a point where we have to decide whether we're going to be obedient to the command of Revelation, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her punishments. And there comes a point where we stop defending it and realize that there's the true vine that's the Lord Jesus and there's the vine of Sodom, which is the religious systems, systems of man. And it's wound from, from the original Babylon through the ages. And the last couple centuries is found in Rome. This is the fourth and terrible beast of Daniel. This is the beast with the fatal wound that was healed. Mm -hmm. And we see it very clearly in the Bible. But and, and, again, the founders of your denomination believe this. In 1600, 1700, 1800, Great Awakening 1, Great Awakening 2. If you're a Baptist, if you're a Methodist, whatever mainline Protestant denomination you come from, the great Anglicans from the Church of England, both strains, believe this. And now we finally got too smart. We've got a bunch of defective Bibles. So a lot of people confess to be Christians, but uh, really need to go back to the basics and discover what it is to come out of Rome and to protest, to protest the seat of Antichrist in the world. This is the fourth and terrible beast that has teeth of iron and brazen hoofs and stamps everything under its feet. Daniel saw it all. This is the legs of iron, also in the book of Daniel, the fourth and final kingdom. And I understand that there are theologies now that, oh, all that was fulfilled in antiquity, and now we just have no idea what's going to happen. Well, that's, that's not my God who declares the end from the beginning. <laughs> this is amazing. The disruption to the American economy is really omnipresent here with the UPS threat. Absolutely no question about it, Sam. 
Uh, and the fact that they're not replaceable, uh, I believe, was probably a fail-safe built in by UPS, so no one would be able to do a hostile takeover like Fed- Federal Express. I understand that. But I think China has got to be manipulating this so they can absolutely force it into destitution, and then they'll buy them out. They would like they would like that to happen. They would also like for the economy to be damaged, the U.S. economy to be irreparably damaged. And <clears throat> I would just like to remind your audience of this original point as the final point that all VA medicines and specialized foods that go to American veterans are carried by UPS, and nobody else will do it, and nobody else can do it. And in the event of a strike, your favorite elderly veterans in your neighborhood will not get their foods and their medicines. First thing, day one of a strike, it will not come. That's a huge problem. And see, uh, when we looked at like the coal strike during World War II, when prices were so tightly controlled, Roosevelt moved in right away with the National Guard and kept the mines open, would not allow it. I don't see Biden doing the same thing for national security interests. Do you? I, I don't think so. But remember that the true owners of this company are the employees. It is the drivers. It is the managers. So some of those employees are Teamsters and some are not. But they're the ones with the Class A stock. So for every dollar that China spends to buy UPS stock, they still only get one vote per share. And the Class A stockholder that works for the company or is a retiree gets 10 votes. And that's the only reason that it hasn't all blown up beforehand. And, and, and that's just another stroke of genius, I, I would say, by the Casey family when they went public. Okay, we're going to go public, but we're going to establish this fortification against hostile takeovers. Inside of UPS, the, all of those people in the brown uniforms, hundreds and hundreds of them, when they go into their uh, sorting facilities, you know what they call one another? Partner, 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 partner. Because they are partners. They are the owners, and they're the ones with the high voting stock. Okay. I really, I really think that our talk about Rome and the fourth and terrible beast is the ideal subject to shift back over to Latin America. Before we go there, one more, que- yes. one more question on UPS. What's the danger to the average American besides the medicines that you just highlighted? The dollar has one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel right now. That's pretty well put, yes. Every lever that the Fed could throw. Okay, you want one more news out of Latin America? The peso has appreciated again. Again. Now, you and I have reported on this. The peso right now is at the highest point it's been since 2015. That's eight years ago. And so while uh, Mexico's economy, even though it's the largest nation in all of Spanish, the Spanish-speaking world and the strongest, it's still seen as, uh, as a banana republic and an insignificant country economically. I think the economy is one-tenth of the size. Uh, that may not be correct. But it's always been seen like not even a junior varsity player in the economics of the world. And here the dollar is falling, and the only currency... The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. In the Americas, the Hungarian currency is, is doing okay with Viktor Orban and them over. That's a small nation, too, in Eastern Europe. But uh, the Mexican peso has got the dollar on the ropes and is just pounding it to pudding. And so... The, the, the dollar is that weak that the Mexican peso is, is continuing to appreciate week after week, month after month against it. And everybody thinks that we can have a major interruption of our supply chain domestically and it's not just going to wreck things. 
the dollar is 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 all but underwater and it's just fighting for air and one more straw could be the last one it it could just it could just go under with a gurgle and never ever be seen again we know that it is a mathematical certainty but this could be the event that drowns the dollar easily Okay, so there's a huge economic implication uh, with the mic- with the macro economy. Uh, goods and services will be disrupted. Does it have anything to do with food and food supply? Yes, and I'm not sure how much of that uh, moves by UPS, but I, I, it could just it could just destroy the economy irreparably in the USA. There's a point where a depreciating, a, a, a currency in decline, they actually, uh, they would call it inflation. There's a point where inflation becomes runaway inflation. And there's a point where the, the value of the dollar is it's becoming worth less and less, so the dollar's depreciating. There's a point where that goes into free fall. And every currency collapse around the world, hundreds of them, happens that way. I don't know who was it who said about going bankrupt. Someone asked, how, how did you go bankrupt? And he said, gradually, then suddenly. Well, that's how currencies collapse, is gradually, then suddenly. And the appreciation of the peso, which is in, in the news commonly here in Mexico, where I'm broadcasting from, will eventually be sudden as the dollar goes into free fall. It will happen. It must happen. And this could be the thing that makes it happen. And when it happens, it will happen suddenly. Hmm. Okay. All right. So that's, uh, if you're looking at the planned detonation demise of the economy, this is a good way to do it. And that's Biden's objective, which explains his inaction on this. As I pointed out, past presidents like Roosevelt would have already stepped in and stopped this. Um, If Trump were in office, he would make a deal. You know, Trump wouldn't step in with a with, with a stick. Trump would step in and get both sides together. And I, I mean, the fact that there was a meeting and each side says the other walked out and that they were willing to negotiate, all they need is the art of the deal right there. What do you want? What do you want? Okay, let's do it. Bam, strike averted. That's how Trump would do it. It doesn't even require... Uh, going in there with a big stick. It just requires a negotiator that's not stupid or inept. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think that is crystal, crystal clear. All right, let us uh, let me take a quick break here um, because what we're talking about, folks, fits right into what we're saying. You need to have food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools to be self-sufficient. And let's start with the food. The food is paramount to your survival. And My Patriot Supply provides this service for a reasonable price plus discounts. Excuse me. 25 year shelf life. Restaurant quality food, 2,000 calories per day. Don't take any chances, people. Don't take chances with the food supply because, as Henry Kissinger said, oil controls nations, food controls people. And this is what this administration will do. Don't give them that opportunity. Go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com. All right, Sam, let's go to Ecuador. What do we got? All right. Ecuador and Peru are fighting for their life. And their neighbors, they're on the Pacific coast, South America. They produce a lot of things, lots of vegetables, lots of agriculture. A lot of beautiful flowers are made there and brought to the USA. They fish for a lot of tuna. China's been beating its way into their fishing waters and stealing their fish for a long time. And these two nations, China is already dug in, but there has been a revival of conservative values. Even as recently as the early 2000s, pretty much all of South America was socialist, with a very few exceptions, maybe Paraguay. Aside from that, there was... There was a new rising tide of socialism. They called it the pink tide. But then in 2009, the billionaire Sebastián Piñera ran and won the presidency of Chile. And then that began a, a, a cascade of conservative presidents winning elections. So while China slept 
the people return to our historic American values in many, many South American nations. And it's been really disheartening for me to see that die on the vine, just as America has not, has not uh, cared enough to intervene. And one of the heroes of this movement was the Peruvian president. So I'm just going to run through a few names here. And uh, you can come back and, and listen to the replay if you, you want to have it all straight. Okay. But it may be a little bit quick. Martin Vizcarra was the president of Peru. And he, it was a miracle that he took over. But the very socialist, Pedro Pablo Kaczynski. So, he, listen, he's a Polish-Peruvian. His name is Peter Paul, right? Very Catholic. This guy got caught with his hand in the till in a bribery scheme and got impeached. And so just by this stunning miracle, Martin Vizcarra became president. And he went straight to the UN and asked for a Venezuelan intervention that was not only backed by the U.S. military, but all the nations of the Americas. They even let the French-speaking Canadians be part of this group. He called on all of the Americas to restore democracy in Venezuela. And so this is... This is during the Trump presidency, two years in. Martin Vizcarra goes to the UN and says, we have to make an intervention. We all signed a letter in 2001 that we could not have a rupture of de democracy in any American nation. It's called the Inter-American Letter of 2001. And he threw that out on the table. And so this is a mighty hero of the conservative rise in South America, Peruvian President Martin Vizcarra. Now, at the same time, the president of Ecuador was Lenin Moreno. Now, he was trained his whole life to be a communist. His parents named him Lenin, Lenin Voltaire. You know they were partisans. So he was trained his whole life to be a communist, but once he took the presidency, he changed direction abruptly. The president of Ecuador today, Guillermo Lasso, was handpicked by Lenin Moreno. And so... While you will read that Guillermo Lasso is the first conservative president of Ecuador in decades, it's really not true. The leftist Lenin Moreno was the first conservative president, and that shocked everybody when he stepped into the presidency and just absolutely turned Ecuador around and did an economic miracle there. So you see how key these two nations have been to restoring, really, Western values, American values, free enterprise to South America. And that's why there's just this enormous battle against the presidencies of those two nations. And we've seen lots of turnovers. After Martin Vizcarra was impeached, uh, the next president was only president for five days. And so Martin Vizcarra also, when he was resisting impeachment, because there were a lot of leftists, a lot of indigenous rights groups, that were in the Peruvian Congress. And so there was, a, there was an impeachment threat against him, and he dissolved the Congress. Now, moving into the future, what everybody remembers now, because it was widely noised about, is that Peruvian President Pedro Castillo dissolved Congress. And when he attempted to dissolve Congress, he was run, he was arrested. He was fleeing for the Mexican embassy to flee the country. And the people of Peru blocked that area of Lima where the Mexican embassy was with their cars. Just hearing it on the radio and on Facebook that, that Pedro Castillo was making a break for the Mexican embassy. That's great. The people, yeah, isn't that, isn't that amazing? I mean, isn't that self-government at its best? Absolutely. The, they clogged up that colonia with their cars to block the way of him getting to the Mexican embassy where... Uh, the Mexican president had offered him asylum. And you know that I'm a big supporter of AMLO, but he does come from the left, and he feels a, a need to stand up for uh, leftists in the rest of the nations of the world. I Hopefully he'll come out of that, because some of these people are indefensible, like Evo Morales in Bolivia and, 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 and others. But nevertheless, that's what was going on. So you hear about Pedro Casillas' attempt to dissolve Congress and how draconian and tyrannical of a move that was. Well, Martin Vizcarra used that constitutional power before him 
and it nearly saved the nation. And so that's what we're seeing today in Ecuador as President Guillermo Lasso has has executed his constitutional power of this is called it's it's got a funny name it's called muerte cruzado death crossed crossed death and that's what the constitution of 2008 actually says so the the idea is a mexican standoff everybody's got their guns out and they're all pointing them at one another and trying not to blink so what lasso has done by invoking this power is his office, the presidency, will come up for election. And all of Congress will come up for election at the same time. And that election is going to happen here in August. And so this is happening while there are maybe a million migrant invaders in Peru, while there are indigenous groups, uh, excuse me, in Ecuador, in Ecuador and Peru. They have the same problems because the same techniques are being used against them. Massive hordes of migrants, including many Haitians, many Venezuelans, and these nations border uh, Colombia, which now has a rabid leftist president, as you have uh, so clearly broadcast on many occasions. So Colombia and, uh, and Venezuela are just sending hordes into Peru and Ecuador to topple what's left of their conservative governments. Now, here's the crazy thing about Muerte Cruzado. For the period of five or six months that it takes to go through an election and a probable runoff for the presidency and to elect an entirely new Congress, I think it's 128 members in Ecuador that will all go up for election. He rules by decree. He does not require bills to be brought to him from Congress because the Congress is uh, disestablished. It's dissolved. He rules by decree during that time. And so this may be the move, Dave, that saves Ecuador as a free nation. Is, and I, is he going to survive? And uh, what about assassination? What about Chinese interference? Let's go there. Election interference is an issue. The, the migrant hordes are an issue. The protests that will, that will be reported in the media as being uh, organic, but will be actions by foreign powers, including the UN. You know, Sebastian Piñera was president of Chile, and because he couldn't run a consecutive term, the leftist one, and that leftist was Michelle Bachelet. Then she was voted out and Pinier did another term. And you know what she became? She became the high commissioner for, first for women's rights, then for human rights, then the high commissioner for migration of the United Nations is Michelle Bachelet, good friend of Hillary Clinton and Christina Fernandez de Kirchner. And so this is the witches of Eastwick. And who do you think is moving those migrant hordes against their neighbor nations, what should be their brother nations there in South America? It's Michelle Bachelet, the head of migrant affairs for the United Nations. And so, yeah, there is a severe danger from, from many different angles. It is a Mexican standoff. I mean, this is, this is Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, so what we're seeing here, Sam is the weaponization of immigration with the U.N. sponsorship the same as we see in key European countries like France and what's happening here in America? And we're kind of seeing dictatorial powers, which is what happened in El Salvador. And now Naib Bukele, through his entire presidential term, his, I don't believe at any point, his popularity has ducked between below 90%. 93, 95, 96, 97% about every day of his presidency because he has cleaned up the streets and taken a harsh hand. And no, no nation knows that like Peru. This is where the Japanese-Peruvian president, uh, Alberto Fujimori, suspended the Constitution and sent in the military after the Shining Path in the 80s. Mm. That's the only... Mm-hmm. 
That's the only reason that Peru ever had a chance to be a free nation. Sam, let me throw something at you that I know is absolutely right. I've reported on it for nine years, and my original source was a DEA person who was third in charge in Peru. You talk about the shining light. You're really talking about the sanchez Paredes drug cartel. And what I've learned from this source, as well as other collaborating sources, is that uh, CIA-sponsored training camps were set up with the assistance of the sanchez Paredes cartel that would bring Middle Eastern terrorists in, like Hamas and Hezbollah, for example, and team them with the cartels and train them to become fifth-column invasion forces into the United States in a future Red Dawn operation. And this was going on throughout Latin America, but primarily in Honduras and Guatemala, and at the time, El Salvador, before they cleaned up their act. So how does this all fit together here, what I just relayed to you? Okay, what you just said, you present as inside information, as rumor, as conjecture, as there is evidence towards, but all of it literally happened and is proven in Argentina which is why Christina Fernandez de Kirchner has been accused. She has so many cases ongoing, she may not even try to continue you know, to, for another run at the, the presidency in the pink house, the, the Casa Rosada, because her involvement with Hezbollah, her in, involvement in bombings of two, the, the two deadliest bombings of Jewish centers and synagogues, in, I believe, world history happened in Argentina. And she's implicated in that. and Implicated in gun running, implicated in drug trafficking. And I mean, all of this has, has been uh, liberally gone forth in the news and in the courts. And so it's been proven in Argentina. And you mentioned El Salvador. The president before Nayib Bukele was Sanchez Seren. And he was a guerrilla fighter. By the way, the president of Colombia it was also a guerrilla fighter. He was a guerrilla commander. And so when you allow these leftist groups to legitimize themselves as a political party, that the nation is just asking to seal its fate. And finally, El Salvador pushed that out. In Colombia, we've seen the opposite, where as a political party, they advanced and advanced, and now they control the... Uh, the presidency, and a good part of the Congress. And so that's going to be a kleptocracy for who knows how long, maybe time immemorial, Colombia. Sad to say. Is this still going on? It's going on, but under Trump, we moved against it. Under Trump, we moved against it. In fact, let me tell you a little secret, Dave, that uh, I guarantee your audience has not heard. I'm just... One guy out in my hammock, out in, the, out in the cartel country, out in the jungle, I get interesting information that crosses my desk, and, and the Lord speaks to me about a lot of things. But one time I picked up the phone. It was February 11th of 2020. This was the last year of Trump's presidency. And so this is literally within one year of the Biden inauguration. I picked up the phone and I called the White House and a person actually answered. That had never happened to me. I'd left a lot of messages at the White House, but someone actually answered. And I said, hey, it's Pastor Sam and the Gospel Gunslingers down in Mexico, and I just want to advise you about your guest that's coming to the White House tomorrow. And I told him some details. And then finally, when I took a breath, this person said, tell me again, who is coming to the White House tomorrow? And I said, the president of Ecuador, Lenin Moreno. This is... This is a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. This is the only uh, world leader, president or prime minister in the world to use a wheelchair because he was shot in a robbery attempt in 1985. He is coming to see Mr. Trump tomorrow. And I said, and two different conservative presidents have come to the White House and the press pool just yells at Trump about the scandal of the week. I said, their flag is not displayed. And they're not allowed to speak in their press conference? I said the smartest one was Naib Bukele of El Salvador, who before anybody gave him an opportunity or even asked a question, he sat down and said in English, Trump is very cool and nice, and I am cool and nice. And that set the narrative for the conversation. But I said, when a, a foreign president is in the Oval Office, he should be allowed to speak. And let me tell you about Lenin Moreno. If you allow him to speak in Spanish... He will inform the Spanish-speaking world of the cooperation between Ecuador and the United States. And I told this intern, 
what he was going to ask for, American teachers, the lowering of import taxes on Ecuadorian products like canned tuna, and that he wanted fixed-wing and rotary-wing aircraft to patrol their jungles in anti-narcotics. And all of those things came up, and let me tell you, Dave, the press conference happened exactly that way. Donald Trump and Melania were waiting outside on their feet under the awning. Every suggestion that I made was followed to the letter, including the display of the Ecuadorian flag with the condor. And as I told, as I told the intern, the condor, it's not an eagle, it's a condor. But the eagle and the condor should be the best of friends, and they can. And you can look this up on YouTube. Uh, Lenin Moreno, Donald Trump, Oval Office, and it'll come up, and Donald Trump silences the press three different times when they're yelling at him about a scandal, and he says, the president's speaking, you're being very rude, and Lenin Moreno spoke in Spanish with his translator about the friendship of our nations, and that was the reason, Dave, this press conference was the reason that Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the leftist president of Mexico, changed his mind about Trump and decided to go to the Oval Office, which only happened in June or July of 2020. So Trump and AMLO made friends during the last six months mm -hmm. of Trump's presidency yes. because of that press conference with Lenin Moreno. So let's not underestimate what an average American can do if we try to resist Chinese infiltration and the takeover of our hemisphere. We can do like all these nations did. The U.S. taught them how to fight for independence. The difference is when they threw out their overlords, it wasn't the king of England. It was the papacy and the clergy, which were involved in child sexual abuse in all those previous centuries, and every Latin American knows it. Wow, that's just absolutely incredible. Um, the fifth column force here is is dangerous, but let's talk about one last threat in the few minutes, couple minutes we have left, and that's uh, will Ecuador join and prove whether they join the BRICS nations is attempt to de-dollarize their economy. Uh, we will see. I'm really not sure about that. Uh, they have not had the problems that we've seen in other places like Argentina. Argentina needed a savior because it was run into the ground. It was only Trump going to the IMF. I believe with a big stick, Trump went to the IMF and, and said, you get $50 billion for Argentina immediately or I am coming to New York with a bulldozer. That's how I believe it happened. So those nations are, are, are not tottering on the brink financially in the same way. I think, I think, and I could be wrong about this, that Ecuador uses the U.S. dollar, which is a big threat. El Salvador does use the U.S. dollar. I'll tell you that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I know that's true. Yeah, I do. Well, you got to believe China is going to be exerting every kind of possible pressure on these nations to do it. And this administration is just fine with the BRICS. They haven't lifted a finger to save the dollar. And I want to point that out to everybody in the audience. Listen to me. Your dollar that you need to remain healthy and economically stable, everything you put in the bank, all your retirement, is at risk uh, for extreme deflation because this Biden administration is doing nothing about the gold bricks movement around the, the, the world. Nothing whatsoever. Because they want CBDC, and it's all going to blend in together. Sam, at the time we have left, tell people how they can follow your great work. I still have my website up for the time being, gospelgunslingers.com. There's a couple donate buttons on there. We're getting situated to take donations in Bitcoin. Uh, everything helps, and we're, we're out here shaking the world by prophecy, just one step at a time. And I really appreciate everyone who helps me, because we're a small operation out here feeding hungry kids and trying to shake the nations and getting some of it done. No, you're doing a great job, Sam. I mean, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to find a, a, a source that knew as much about Latin America as you do. And today you even reached into America with a UPS threat, and that's certainly a problem. But I want to thank you for coming on, Sam. It's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you for contacting me. I know you were just on, but 
you know, when you got something this hard pressing, uh, get in contact with me, and when it's relevant like this, we'll get it out there as quickly as possible. But anyway, Sam, thanks for joining us. Make sure that you're generous with Sam. Gospel Gunslingers, that's where you want to go. Uh, and uh, Sam, give that, that website address one more time. It's gospelgunslingers.com. And everybody listen to my radio show, Living by the Sword, with Pastor Sam and the Gospel Gunslingers. There's a button right there. Sounds good, Sam. Thanks for joining us. To everybody else, we'll see you back here again tomorrow. God bless. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground. It will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more... Go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.